was listening to um, a few weeks ago, actually over a month ago, I was talking to a friend and colleague uh, named Jerry Herships. He's the United Methodist pastor in Aspen, Colorado. But uh, one of the things that Jerry is known for is he was the pioneer in bar church. And um, when Jerry and I were talking, Jerry's one of those guys that really, you get him talking and he doesn't stop. So you do more listening than you do talking with Jerry. And one of the things that Jerry said to me and, and to my podcasting partner, Zach, was we need to be bearers of hope. And, and, and he said that again. He, he said, Matt, I, you know, one of the things I, I'm trying at my church and, and trying as I do my stuff online and, and all those things is that my job is to be a bearer of hope. With all that's going on in this world and all that's going on around us, we are called to be beacons of hope for, for, for Christ. And, 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 you know, I started thinking about that and um, came across this book by N.T. Wright, Surprised by Hope. Um, it's an amazing book. It's a great study uh, that looks at kind of reframing the idea of hope and resurrection and, and, and really looking forward towards the mission of the church of what it really could be. And in church, what we really could be is not just to be a place where we come and sit and gather, but be a place where when we go out into the world, we can be beacons of hope for Christ for the world. And that challenge for us is really hard, like, because, you know, we, we, you know, sometimes we come across those, those difficult people, and, and how do we share the light of Christ in the midst of being around those difficult people? And, and, and you know, the only thing I know of, and the only thing I try to do is, is I smile. At least I try to. I know I'm not great at that. I know I'm still working on that. I'm moving towards uh, doing better at that. And, but, you know, there's a lot of hope in a smile, isn't there? I was just thinking of, of a dear saint in my life who had passed, Ardina Moore. And if the one thing I remember from her more than anything was her smile, her joyous smile when the grandkids were in the room, her joyous smile when, when, when you know, she was at a powwow or um, teaching about the Kwapaw language. I, I remember Ardina's smile so much so that it just made such an impression on me that when I saw her picture at her funeral just two weeks ago, I wept because that smile was no more. And that light was extinguished. But without a doubt, I, I know she heard from those words from Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant, come and rest. And I know without a doubt that she was welcomed home to her daughter who had just recently passed of breast cancer. And my mom, who was her right-hand man all those years, sewing at Buffalo Sun. And, and that's the hope that we lean into as Christians, that one day we'll stand before Christ. And one day Christ will stand before us and say, good and faithful servant, come and rest. So what about now? What do we do now? Well, I, I think what we do is we don't just sit around and, and wait for Jesus to come back or for us to, to go graduate to be with Jesus. I think we be hope bearers now. I think we, we, we try all the good we can, everywhere we can, no matter what's going on in the life around us, but to be beacons of hope, that hope that, that, that God has for us that new heaven and new earth that Jesus talks about, that even here in our reading from Revelation that we hear those words, that there will be no more crying or mourning or pain anymore because those things are in the past. And you know, how we look towards hope is we look towards Jesus 
who came to be the hope for the world. Who even, you know, death on a cross didn't stop him. And he brought this hope to us so that we can share that hope with the world. So that way when things are getting tough, we know that we'll make it through because we have Jesus walking with us. Hope is, is, is something that we can lean into and it's something that we should share and not hide it under a bushel like it says in the Gospel of Luke. So what is hope? Hope is both a noun and a verb. As a noun, it's a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. We hope that one day we get into heaven. So how do we get there? We be good and faithful servants of Jesus, right? It's that simple, right? How do you get into heaven? You be a follower of Jesus. Be a good and faithful servant. But there's also that, that noun, the archaic word for hope, and noun is, is a feeling of trust, that we trust that God is going to be there for us in the end. Standing beside us, looking at us and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. But in case it's, and we find it as a verb, it's we want something to happen or to be the case. How do we make this world a better place? We be like Jesus. We share God's love. We love our neighbor. We love God. If we can do those things, everything else will fall into place. But let's be honest, sometimes that's hard to do because we get in the way, don't we? We don't allow God to be in control. We want the control. And I admit, I, I'm the worst at this. And, I, and I, this is something I'm working on that, that I'm trying to let go and allow God to be in charge. And, and because I want this hope to come true. I want the new heaven and new earth to happen now. And the only way I know that how, the, how that to happen is if I engage the world. And I go where Jesus would have gone. And I be the hands, feet, and heart of Jesus for the world. In the, in the study guide, N.T. Wright wrote, God wants his people to experience hope and to share it with the world. Hope that has world-transforming power is more than just the anticipation of what God will do in the future. It's the coming of God's kingdom here on earth today. So we can be kingdom builders today. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not in anticipation as it is in heaven, but on earth here now. We can bring that hope now. And all we have to do is have hope in Christ and live like Jesus. And those things will take care of themselves. Wright also wrote that the kingdom come on earth as it is heaven remains one of the most powerful and revolutionary sentences we can ever say. As I see it, the prayer has a powerfully answered at the first Easter when we finally be answered fully when heaven and earth are joined in New Jerusalem. Easter was when hope in person surprised the whole world by coming forward from the future into the present. What Wright is saying here is that when Jesus came back, that's when the new heaven and new earth began. 
And that was the opportunity, the time for us to, to live forward and, and to live faithful lives and, and, and not worry about those nitty-gritty details that sometimes trip us up from growing closer to God. And, and maybe looking at our schedules and asking ourselves, are we fully committing our lives to Jesus or are we committing our lives to something else? Because our schedules will show. And so I challenge you this week to, to not only be, to be thinking about what can you do to bring the heaven and earth here, but what can you do to lean into that hope that God is here with us? And how do we share that with the world? And I think how we share that with the world is being you. Being the you that, that, that God created you to be and, and listening to the Holy Spirit where it may be leading you or guiding you or, or being open to those opportunities that God may be sharing to you. Because you never know where that may take you. Could you imagine if that day that when Saul was riding on the road and he just decided that that was not the day he was going to ride and, and he just didn't do it. And he never met Jesus. Saul would never become Paul and we wouldn't have half the New Testament. But he, there was something on him that day that, that tell him to go forward. It's the Holy Spirit. And, and Darlene Moore wrote this. He said, if God can, could redeem Saul of Tarsus. For those of you that don't know this, uh, Paul's story, he was known as Saul of Tarsus. He was a horrible man. He hated the early Christian movement. So much so that I can only imagine what it would have been like for, for Paul to come in the room and say, Hey, disciples, how's it going? I'm sure the disciples even doubted God's grace in that moment because how could this man who was killing people in our movement be one of us now? That's God's grace. But if God could redeem Saul of Tarsus, a man dedicated to destroying those who followed Jesus, turning him into a great apostle that he was, then there is hope for our lost loved ones. People, we, we must return to the streets to reclaim both the helplessness and the hopelessness, the homelessness and the destitute, gang members and prostitutes. We can't afford to stop until everyone on the face of the earth recognizes just how loving and powerful God is. And church, that starts with us going out from this place, being equipped to share a smile and to let people know that God loves them and cares for them. And it doesn't mean you have to have all the answers. It doesn't mean that if someone comes to you and, and asks you to explain what is the Holy Spirit, you don't have to have all that down. You just have to have some, you know, basic knowledge of it. It doesn't mean you have to break apart the Trinity or understand Methodist baptism or understand how things work. But what you can do and what you can share is God's love. Everything else will fall into place. I'll leave you with these words today. We find these words from Paul's letter to Rome, chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in faith so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So church, go. And share the hope of the new heaven and new earth with this world. You can do it. You have what it takes. Listen to where the Spirit may be leading you this week. And have hope that Christ will come again.